The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. Okay, welcome to The Right Fit, where we sit down with athletic directors and ask them to pull back the curtain on the hiring process and provide valuable insight on how to get involved, what athletic directors are looking for, and equally as important, what turns them off in the hiring process. Today's show is brought to you by Connor Sports. Connor is the worldwide leader in indoor playing surfaces. Uh, they do everything from NBA uh, playing courts to the Final Four floor, all the way down to your local rec center or church leagues. Uh, they can do surfaces that are state-of-the-art all the way to the most cost-effective surfaces in the world. So, Jasher, when you get your $50 million contribution from that booster and it's time to build a new arena, make sure you visit connorsports.com and visit our friends and let them know that Rising Coaches sent you. So uh, today I'm very excited to welcome in our guest. Uh, I just referenced his name shortly there. Uh, he is the Director of Athletics at Lincoln Memorial, Jasher Cox. Jasher, welcome. Thank you guys. Aaron, I appreciate you having me. Jimmy, Justin, Keith, thank you guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Um, first of all, before we get into the hiring stuff, um, I think I, I finally like pulled the trigger on reaching out to you via Twitter when I saw some like tweets about Tribe Call Quest. Uh, you were listening to the love movement. It wasn't quite uh, the low end theory. You would have gotten more points for that. But uh, but uh, I, I love the music tweets, man. You're you're a big music fan. You know, music is my my first passion. Unfortunately, I wasn't very good at it or nearly as good as my brother. My brother, that's another discussion now at a later time. Big time musician, has a PhD in music performance. So it's it's in the family. Father was a gospel singer. So music is my passion. But we'll dive into that at another moment. <laughs> What's it? Well, real quick, you got to give me either like your go to or the most recent song or artist you listen to. Give me you know, something. Listen, it, it's really all about the mood. You know, some Saturdays, man, I may listen. I may jump up and listen to a little Tin Man. I may listen to a little river music. You just never know. And then you always have your hip hop, your gospel, your R&B music, your, your rock moments. It's all encompassing for me, man. It just really depends on how I wake up and feel. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, so, you know, this is the most difficult question. Um, probably one of the more difficult parts of your job. But how do you know when it's time to make a change with one of your programs? You know, that, 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 uh, that really is a difficult question. And for me, it's not always necessarily about wins and losses. Um, and I think it's important for us as administrators, you know, athletic directors, presidents, chancellors, and any other individual that's in, in leadership to make sure our coaches are comfortable with where they are. So that means student welfare, uh, anytime that is compromised, uh, PR moments, negative PR moments, uh, if you're putting the institution in a bad light, that's when things or the needle starts to shift, if you will. And then we're no longer focusing on wins and losses. We're talking about other items that sometimes they're unrelated to coaching. So when those start to falter uh, and it feels like coaches are pressured to just flat out win, sometimes integrity also 
becomes compromised. So when we get to that point, that's when you need to start paying attention. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, we want coaches to enjoy where they are. And that, that starts with me. Um, if happy employees give you great results. So we got to make sure our coaches are happy. And then that turns into making our student athletes happy. Okay, so uh, there's a couple ways you could have an opening. You can make the decision to change courses with your program. Um, or, you know, a coach could get another opportunity or retire. Um, what, what do those immediate hours look like for you when, when you learn that a job is, is about to open? Well, first and foremost, uh, the, the biggest item is, you know, we believe in coaches transitioning honorably. So whether that's a contract uh, no longer being renewed and we're parting ways due to performance, or you happen to find your own gig at at the end of the day, we want you to be able to transition honorably. So um, we wanna we wanna send you away on a positive note if that's possible. Uh, not necessarily just saying, "Hey, you're deciding to leave. Let me get the keys right now. We'll see you later." That that's not the way we want to see people leave. Uh, so transitioning honorably is important to me, and especially the institution I currently work at here at LMU, Lincoln Memorial University. Uh, that's the most important thing, and from there. The rest of it slowly takes care of itself in terms of next steps of applying. Um, our human resources does a really good job at immediately getting things posted. So we're ready to grind once it gets to that point. Okay, and how are you, uh, what does the research process look like for you in the initial phase? Uh, of course, every AD talks about having that list of yeah. candidates that they keep in their in their you know drawer or on their computer. Um, but how are you getting your information about potential candidates out there? You know, it's a combination of, uh, you know, we we conduct what I call nation, nationwide searches. So once the job is posted, everyone is welcome to put their names in the hat. So that's the first thing. And that helps you identify candidates you may not be aware of, even though if you do have a list, it helps you look just beyond that scope to make sure you're not missing anyone. And on top of that, I trust the colleagues that I've uh, previously worked with. You've got relationships in this building. Um, you've got coaches. Uh, some from bigger institutions will call you and recommend someone that once worked for them. So all of that stuff, it's all encompassing there. And I welcome any feedback uh, from anyone. So whether it's a fan, you know, whether it's a, a, a current administrator, you know, a trustee member, a former colleague, you know, I welcome. I think it's important to listen to everyone that reaches out. You just never know uh, where they may, there may be a diamond in the rough, if you will. Okay, are you going to leave us your cell phone number so we can do that? I'm just, I'm always, just kidding. Always a, it's a 24 hour gig, you know? No, I'm joking. Um, okay. Uh, so how does like a coach get on your list? Like a, specifically an assistant coach uh, that's trying to get that opportunity and make that jump. How can they get on your list, so to speak, and be on your radar if an opportunity does arise? You know, I think it's important and not just in intercollegiate athletics. I, I think if you've got the desire to get to a certain place in your career, I think it's important for you as a candidate to reach out to certain leaders. You know, again, I have people that I trust uh, that, that's been in the field for a very, very long time. And I will send them a casual email just to just just a welfare check. Make sure you're doing OK. See how you're doing and, you know, thank them for what they've done for me in the past. And I think it's important to cultivate those relationships, build those relationships and not just reach out to them when there's a job opening. If that makes sense. It's OK to send an email. It says, hey, wishing you and yours a, a happy holiday season. You know, keep that conversation going. Keep that relationship building. I, I think it's important for candidates to do that as well. 
Um, the last thing you want to do is be that guy that administrators or coaches or athletic directors only hear from when there's a vacancy, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, so important and such a, such a mistake that uh, so many people make, right? They, they only call you when they need something. That's uh, correct. And, and, you know, furthermore, uh, COVID-19 kind of interrupted everything and, in, in, you know, within the last 365 days, actually to be, to be quite honest, a year from now seems like exactly a year to date. Um, it's kind of interrupted things from national conferences uh, that we attend, but man, feel free to, to, to introduce yourself to someone you haven't met. You know, do your research before you get to some of these conventions, when we get back to some form of normalcy and start hosting conventions and introduce yourself and make sure you maintain that relationship for a long time. It, it may prove to be beneficial for you. Um, okay, you mentioned uh, you love to listen from all different sources about, you know, who might be a good fit. Um, you know, if a coach is interested in the job, you know, what kind of correspondence do you like? Do you like them to just reach out to you directly? Do you like their agent to reach out? Do, if they know one of your boosters, do you appreciate them going through that connection? Or does that like turn you off and say, why are they, you know, trying to go around me? No, uh, Adam, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I'm old school, so to speak, uh, traditional, you know, just an, just a kind email, uh, letting me know that you're, you're expressing interest in whatever vacancy we may have goes a long way for me. Um, you know, I'm not one of those that would prefer you for, would prefer that you send me a direct message via Twitter per se. Uh, I think the time that you take to send that message or craft that message via social media, you could just really go to someone's staff directory and send a professional email. I'm not saying that's a deal breaker for me, but if I've got my preference, I'm just telling you that's typically what I would do if I were in those in those predicaments. Well, I definitely reached out to you via Twitter, so apologies. <laughs> no, no, no. You get it. It's different. Sometimes you got to be resourceful and use what you've got, you know, and if that's at your fingertips, I totally get it. Again, it's a deal breaker for some, not necessarily a deal breaker for me. I just, I'm just really explaining my preference because it could hurt some people in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Okay, how, how much uh, is too much correspondence from a candidate, uh, whether they're in the initial phase and not involved yet, or even if they're in that first, like they've gotten past the first hoop, maybe they've done a Zoom interview. Uh, you hear both things here. You hear some people that say, hey, I, I sent them a, a message every single day telling them how much I wanted the job, and that put me over the edge. And then you hear a lot of people that say that's really too much and a turnoff. You know, it, it's it, it's really dicey. You just really never know. I'll, I'll say for me, if if we've gotten to the point where there's mutual interest and we've at least had one discussion or any full-time interview, if you will, or we've gotten a committee involved to fully interview you, I think it's still appropriate to follow up with one email, just some kind of kind email thanking you for the opportunity and asking if there are any other questions that I may need to answer for you in the future? I think that's appropriate. I think beyond that, it probably gets a little dicey because rest assured, if I've interviewed you, I definitely have not forgotten about you. Um, there may be someone that came along that's probably a little better, but that doesn't necessarily mean I still have just completely forgotten your name or you've gone unnoticed. You're still in the mix. So I would just always encourage people to be patient. Yeah, the other the other thing, and being patient is the hardest part, right? It sucks that's waiting. Right on the other end of this. Um, but so many times the reason you don't hear is because 
you know, maybe you are the third option, but people pull out of job searches or take other jobs all the time. And you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot uh, during that waiting period because your name may be called next. Uh, that's an important point, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But there are other dynamics and layers to pull apart. You know, we were just speaking before this, we got going, fully going underway, Adam. And, uh, you know, I'm giving you an example of what we're dealing with right now. Um, our fall sports are competing now in the midst of spring sports. So everybody is actively competing together. On top of that, we're currently hosting an NCAA men's regional that is set to get underway here. So sometimes life and work just simply gets in the way. So there may be some time, a couple of days may pass in succession before we even get back to you. And that's because the institution is just flat out busy. And then there may be someone that I may want you to get in front of and have that opportunity to meet you as well. And they may not even be on campus or may be accessible. So there may be days that go uh, beyond our initial conversation. And like I said, patience is everything, which is difficult to do, but it's important. Um, let's talk briefly about portfolios, packets. Um, are you really impressed by a, a multimedia presentation uh, with fantastic graphics and videos and things like that? Or are you looking for just a simple, clean uh, presentation of their philosophies and beliefs? Well, if you bring all the bells and whistles, it, it certainly can't hurt you. It, sure. it, it only helps. Um, but I'm going to dig a little bit more than those beautiful graphic design people that created that for you, or if you did it yourself. Uh, let's be let's be honest. Um, none of this stuff is new, right? So you can pull, you can talk to other colleagues and gather ideas and build your own nice, beautiful portfolio. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what you've done. Um, how much do you care about kids and their safety? How much do you care about the institutions you've previously worked at? All of that stuff is what really matters to me. What are other people saying about you when we started to do reference checks? Um, because once we get to that point, that beautiful portfolio is just that. It's a beautiful portfolio. Okay, are you looking for um, a specialist? Do you like a specialist? Or do you like someone who's well-rounded and maybe can do a lot of things well as opposed to one thing great? It's another great question. I think you gotta be able to do it all. You know, it's kind of like when you, when a head coach gets to a podium after they just accepted this new job and the reporter asks, hey, are you an offensive-minded guy, defensive-minded guy? You got to be both, right? Because rest assured, if one side of the ball is excelling, but the other side of the ball is not, ultimately you're still responsible, right? So uh, you need to be a well-rounded academic person. You need to be a well-rounded person when it comes to integrity and morals. You need to be well-rounded with your skill set in terms of X's and O's. You also need to be well-rounded when it comes to addressing parents. Again, I know this is not the YMCA, and you typically don't talk to mom and dad as much, but you're going to have those conversations with mom and dad. You better make sure you're nice when that happens. So you gotta be well-rounded uh, from a variety of aspects. Okay, so similar question here, and I feel like you're gonna give a similar answer, um, but are you gonna be more drawn to uh, candidate A, who's a fantastic tactical coach, X's and O's, they're as sharp as it gets in, in their sport. Um, or are you going to want the person who's more the motivator out in the community yeah. uh, and, and is, is more of the CEO type? Maybe similar answers. I'm not really sure there, uh, Adam. And I think that's when it comes to 
that's when I think it's important to make sure you have several different personalities on your committee. So you can talk about um, different things that you've noticed from the pool of applicants that you've talked to, because rest assured, you know, there may be a candidate that checks all of those boxes from a personality standpoint, uh, X's and O's, wins standpoint, and then you may get someone that checks all of those boxes, but may not necessarily be personality plus. Do you skip that individual because candidate A looks a little more better from A to Z, or do you dive into the other person that's probably a little bit more quiet and just really wants to put on a hard hat and coach? So I think that's that's when it gets important for you to talk amongst each other within your committees and figure out what you've really got in front of you. Okay, um, last question for me. Um, what are your non-negotiables for, for coaches that you're hiring? Yeah, uh, we're never gonna embarrass the school. That's first and foremost. Uh, if you've got some PR moments out there, I understand mistakes happen. Um, and sometimes you can overcome them, uh, but try your very best to avoid those. So embarrassing the school is a non-negotiable. Uh, taking advantage of a student, not treating the student the right way, where, where their welfare uh, becomes compromised, that's, that's always a non-negotiable as well. Um, so those are the two biggest things that stand out. And also we gotta make sure you see these kids through to graduation. That's also a non-negotiable. We can't use them for four to five years in their uniform and give us all this great exposure and they leave us with nothing. So they've gotta graduate. Love it. Well, Jasher, I, I really appreciate your uh, insight. Uh, what we're gonna do now is open it up uh, to our guests on the Zoom with us. Yeah. Um, if you guys have questions, you can shoot me a line in the chat. You can raise your, your hand virtually. Uh, we'll call on you and please introduce yourself um, before you ask your question. All right, uh, Jimmy Oakman, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, sure. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Jimmy, Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy Oakman here with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, really curious to hear your thoughts on kind of an unconventional hire, maybe like someone out of the box. And the reason why I say that is I was in the college game. Um, not that I'm going to be out of the college game forever. I'm not saying you never know where this business takes you, but how would you go about evaluating somebody that background might be a little bit unique, not just specific to basketball, but maybe other fields as well? Yeah, you know, sometimes you get candidates and they're kind of like Swiss Army knives. They, they've had a few different jobs, still relative to athletics, not necessarily directly related to coaching. Um, and sometimes you, you get those individuals where you may be in a situation where they're 100% inundated with coaching. So I think it's just important. Listen, Google is a free tool. You can find a lot of research off of Google. Some of it may or may not be true, but most of the times it is when it comes to us coaches. So you'll be... You'll be surprised what you can find via Google. You know, I'm really ecstatic about a volleyball coach that we hired around this time uh, last year uh, in Allison Williams here at LMU. And, you know, just a simple Google search of top volleyball coaches helped me identify a coach, uh, your top 30 under 30. And there she was right there in front of my face. And she was at a, um, a division three school. And so, but she was successful everywhere she had been. And that track record usually follows you. So really, you just got to do your homework. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. How much do you covet head coaching experience versus, you know, a sharp up and comer? Um, you know, I, 
it's not necessarily a, a deal breaker if you don't have co a head coaching experience. I think uh, we all got to start from somewhere. But I, I will say this. I think that insight that you get from a head coach that you've previously worked for will sometimes help. You know, for example, I, I'll just throw out if I get a phone call from Coach K, that's going to go a long way for me if you were if you were an assistant. Um, I was at a previous institution and out of nowhere, my, I got a phone call and it said Don Staley on it, you know, and when, when Don Staley talks, you listen. And so she threw this individual's name out there that none of us knew about. And uh, because of that reason, you added another candidate in the pool. So I think that certainly helps as well. Thank you. Any other questions for Jasher before we let him go? Oh, we got a quiet group today, Jasher. You're off the hook. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, really valuable insight. And, and again, thanks so much for, for uh, sharing with us. No, thank you. I appreciate your time. And if I could be of any further assistance in the future, guys, feel free to reach out at any moment. Thank you. Thank you.